A waiata, an accompanying photograph for every day of last year's nationwide lockdown, was a challenge Tiano-based photographer Tony Bridge set himself. Rahui, A Walk in the Shadowlands, is the book that comes from his daily social media posts over that time. The photographs are intensely coloured, sometimes obviously of a landscape, but often abstract. His day one writing includes this, in silence untainted by traffic or helicopters or the energy of human intention. I opened my heart and listened to the soft whisper of clouds sliding along the underside of the night. Well, Tony was working as a tour bus guide when the lockdown happened. He says his writing and photography were what helped him through being cooped up when he was used to travelling far and wide with his camera. I never intended to write a book. Um, I think the question I was asking myself was how I could support uh, my community, um, both local and 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 look a lot further afield, uh, and how I could do that. And I had absolutely no idea till morning one uh, when I woke up and and a few as it says in the book, a few words uh, sort of shuffled out of the undergrowth, and I thought, oh. Well, that's something I could do this morning. Uh, I'm normally up about four or thereabouts. Uh, And I just sat down and thought, oh, I'll write a poem. And the poem kind of came. And then I thought, well, I'll put a picture behind it and share it with my Facebook community and sort of left it at that. And the response was was such that the next morning I got up, um, same thing, and thought, oh, well, well, let's have another go. And so I wrote another poem and found one of my pictures to uh, kind of illustrate it, put that up and within a week I realised I thought I'd got got on a gentle draft horse and it turned out to be a raging war horse and um, and, and within the responses I was getting, people saying how much they appreciated it and it was helping them. I thought, well, I can't stop now. And, And at the same time as I was doing this, one of my um, dear friends is is also a kaumata up in the north, where I, um, my whakapapa is from, um, was doing the same thing every morning. He was doing karakia and waiata for the whānau. And uh, we just kind of tag-teamed along for, for till the end of level four. And, and when we got to level four at the end, I thought, oh, well, that was interesting. But by then, people were saying, when's the book coming out? A Walk in the Shadowlands uh, is the title of Rahui, A Walk in the Shadowlands. Describe the Shadowlands for us, because you talk about them in the book. Uh, walking in the spirit world. I think one of the things about the book is it's um, there are things in it that, that uh, Māori will get in- instantly and perhaps not so much Pākehās, but it was kind of, I was writing for two audiences, really. And towards the, towards the certainly the later Waiata, uh, are talking very much about the Māori spiritual world. The relationship between your poems, sometimes you'll call them a song, and the photography is interesting. Sometimes it's quite literal. So I've got Sunlight Song with me. This is on day 26. And there's a line of silver ripple water lingering over a weed weave weir of slow brush stones. And the images of really, it's quite beautiful and semi-abstract, but of just that. But other times the relationship is not quite as literal as that so I mean did you spend a lot of time finding the image to work with the words and was it always in that order words and then image to go with it no not always sometimes uh, when I woke up in the morning going what what's today's way to the picture was sort of sitting in my head and somehow the words came to wrap themselves around it 
So it kind of varied. Uh, and then, of course, the process of editing the book, uh, one or two of them changed. Um, they felt like better fits to use different pictures for it rather than the ones I'd put up on social media. I'm really intrigued that some of the images are a pure landscape, instantly recognisable, and some of the other images really are quite abstract. Well, I suppose abstract's a reasonable word for it. One of the questions I often get asked is, is that the way uh, you really see it? And I'd have to say that is what I see. That is uh, is uh, the world as I perceive it. It's not literal. I can't remember, but I think the book alludes to the fact that uh, I started a journey with the tohunga maybe 30 years ago, and that's um, led me uh, into a, a parallel journey, you might say, up until recently. And, of course, the last six years, uh, seven years, tracking down my whakapapa and being able to write, finally write my pipiha uh, and sit comfortably with it uh, has influenced why I make pictures. I have Tree Song with me on day nine, feeling pinned, an insect in a glass museum drawer. I went to the park <laughs> on the rim of town to wander among the soft sigh of autumn and beautiful autumnal um, image next to that. But even by day by day nine, was it starting to get to you? Well, there's only so much you can write about a small country town. And, and I sort of probably exhausted that fairly early and started running out of things. And then I would... I would, I guess, I would go um, uh, on a spiritual walkabout, and 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 that took me to various places. I found myself sort of circling further and further and further out. Uh, I think one of the poems sort of talks about uh, about my whakapapa. It talks about whakapapa and uh, early Māori ancestors arriving. Um, my original Māori ancestor came down with Kupe around eight seventy five or thereabouts. And um, so I was th- began to see myself, you know, on the waka on Matafarua, coming there for the first time and, and coming into Dokanga. You must have a, a huge archive of photographs. This, these images to me speak very much of the South, which is the landscape I know best as well. But, I mean, are the images from further afield? Uh, there are some that um, from from the far north. Yes, yeah, there are, there are a few. Um, there's one of of the Hawkeyanga dunes, and and so the the pictures tended to find where they needed to be. Of they basically dictated where they wanted to be, and and which words they wanted to be with. Some of these, I mean, clearly there's been post production work done on them. Is that something that you've been interested in before to make them hyper-real or, or hyper-spiritual or hyper-other? Uh, I think back in, around 2013, I was always heading in this direction and I went along to see um, the director of the Bryce Gallery in, in Christchurch because I was looking to get a dealer, uh, art dealer, and she, she was really handy. Uh, she said, well, uh, those are my earlier landscapes. And she said, can't have them in the gallery, sorry. And I said, oh, do you mind telling me why? And her answer was, she said, well, the trouble is I'd never be able to sell them. And she said, uh, and the problem was this, is that uh, they couldn't make landscapes like this and they wouldn't make landscapes like this, but in their minds they could, so why would they buy, um, pay money for them? 
you know, she had a very good point and it was like at that point uh, the brakes came off and I thought, well, I don't really have to please anybody else. I have to, it's, it's about making pictures that talk to me. So it's, a, it's about having a dialogue with myself and that sort of led me further and further into evolving uh, my own process. I'd have to say uh, artistically I'm, I'm in a space somewhere between the naturally documentary nature of photography and and the, and the expressiveness of painting. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think there is something very painterly about your images, actually. And it was it was finding ways to express, a uh, way to uh, to express, you know, the energy I perceive and and into our Maori and uh, Maori world and and it's kind of led me into this sort of process. I think people. Uh, accuse me of being an impressionist and I, I would quickly correct them and say actually I'd describe myself as a cross between an expressionist and a symbolist. At the end you have a letter to your children mm-hmm. catching a handful of wind. It's a conversation about your your life story and your hopes for them but a very personal thing to include in a book like this. Uh, that was the scariest part of the whole book. Tim the editor as we got near towards, got closer towards um, bringing it together to send to the designer, said to me, you've got to write your story. And I went, no, not that, please, no. (laughs) And uh, I don't want to do this. And he said, you have to. So he leaned on me. So I sat down one day and I wrote, um, and over a couple of days I wrote uh, my biography and then I sat back and looked at it and thought, this is awful. It looks like the um, the memoirs of a has been all black, and and then and I thought no, this doesn't feel right, and then I sat back and I did some thinking and I thought, well, who am I actually writing this for? Uh, and that's where it began to become clear. And and I think over the years I've seen so many people their 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 parents have passed away and and they they say. You know, I never had a chance to find out who mum and dad were. I was too busy. It's like the Harry Chapin song, isn't it? And then I've met older people who would love to have had uh, sitting in the home wishing that, you know, they had the opportunity to share their lives with their children. Because uh, I guess when you're bringing up children, you, you, you know, and career and home and children, uh, you don't get much time for that sort of thing. Well, lots don't. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to write this to my children but very much a feeling having written this is the right thing to write but boy I feel exposed (laughs) I'm sure they appreciate it Tony Um, and in your foreword you talk about after 20 years and 750,000 kilometres on the road that's phenomenal Uh, you settled in town now why there um, it's Whakapapa as well so um, as I started that sort of in earnest back around 2015, 2014, 2015, um, and then went and first staged the journey, I think it was about April 2015, I packed up everything and gave most of my stuff away and headed off to, to Hokanga, just knowing I had to. And um, I guess it's part of, you know, being a matikete. And then I'd been there three years and... and um, and then uh, because I was working for Kaitahu, Ngaitahu, 
they in 2018 they said, well, um, I've been working on their Kahuru Manu project, their cultural atlas, for about the last eight or nine years as a photographer. And that's when they said, come back, uh, we want you to the West Coast, West Coast of the South Island to Taipotani. And I said, oh, okay. So I came down and basically spent oof, three or four weeks photographing from Kotukumuana, uh, Lake Brunner, down to as far as Jackson's Bay. And then my boss said, oh, well, while you're down here, you better do Fiordland. And are you okay with doing Fiordland? And I thought about that for all of a nanosecond and said, of course. So back in the helicopter, uh, so I flew all the way around there. Then he added in Rakura, Stewart Island and the Titi Islands. Um, and it was about then I sort of realised that my time in the north was over and that there was uh, there was another leg of my whakapapa, the second part of my whakapapa to really come to terms with. And, and, um, and also I found the whakapapa trail back beyond um, Te Rārawa, Ngāpuhi, down into uh, Te Rārawa and Waitaha down here. So it was, it's been three years sort of working, discovering, exploring and making work in response to, to Rua Utamoko, Fiordland. Tony Bridge, his book is called Rahui, A Walk in the Shadowland. 